0: Good morning, everyone. Hey, it's so good to see you this morning. You all smell delicious. I don't know what you're wearing, but it smells great. Hey, if you don't mind, if you will stand right where you are, we're going to have worship like we always do, even though there's tables. So you may be in a place where you have to turn your chair around a little bit to be able to click in and see what's going on. But let's sing unto the Lord with all of our hearts, crown him with many crowns. Thing along. Can you put your hands together a little bit like this this morning? So we get the smell of that pie coming up here.
1: good morning sunset hills how you like this setup you like this yeah well I'm not sure if you like it very much how about every week we start doing a meal together how's that be yeah Yeah, pretty good yeah it's so good to see you if you're still looking I'm gonna give you a chance to quieten down a little bit settle down If you're still looking for a place to sit, there's plenty of seats still up here. See, this is why you should get here early so that you don't have to sit up in the front, you know, and you get on here. But thank you so much for being here on this special day as we come together. Uh, We are just grateful for this time that we have as a fellowship together as a church and time of worship Today's your first time to be with us. We're really grateful that you've come this way. If you would, we would love to know who you are. You can text hi to that phone number up there and let us know that, uh, just, you just give us your name and address. We want to get to know you a little better. But also, if you want to go out to the kiosk, if you haven't already done so, there's a way you can do it the old-fashioned way with pencil and paper, okay? We're going to have this time of singing and worship for the month of November. We have decided to do something a little different where normally we have a blended type of worship service between contemporary and, and, and hymns. whole month of November we're going to do hymns. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. And uh, so these are hymns that you probably know and you need to just sing out and sing loud and just let's just worship God as the worship team leads us together.
2: What a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms.
0: we His faithfulness. Amen, amen. Lord, we're so grateful today Lord, to be able to gather around the table with friends and family. God, I know that this is all possible because you gave your very best when you gave Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, there's people all over the world that are having to hide in underground churches to lift up high the name of Jesus. But Lord, this morning, God, I'm free, I'm, I'm glad and thankful, God, that we live in a country that we're free to lift your name high. God, as we continue to worship you through spoken word, continue, Lord, to just anoint this time. Speak to our hearts, God. Lord, when you do, let us be obedient to step up and do what you've called us to do here today. Thank you, God, for this Sabbath day that we get to celebrate the great food, Lord, that we'll have in fellowship later. But Lord, right now, let us focus on worship to you. It's in your son, the precious name of Jesus this morning that we pray. Amen. You may be seated today.
1: I encourage you, if you can, to turn your chair around facing this way to get as comfortable as you can. I would appreciate that you not keep your back to me I don't think it would be very good if I'm preaching to somebody who has their back turned to me it says something about that right it is a little different today and thank you for being flexible and thank you for coming and being a part of worship today you know over the next couple of months many will gather for some wonderful holiday meals with me with family and friends and some really beautiful settings. It's, it's one of my favorite times of the year. And we're, we're, we're just, we just thought, well, we're just going to get you a little earlier start than normal, right? By doing a meal together today. I uh, like what someone said about this, a pastor by the name of Rory Shiner. In an article that he wrote for the Gospel Coalition entitled Feast, a biblical theology of food and eating. He had this to say, Many of us will be eating more than usual. We'll be attending parties, going to functions, gathering with families. And we'll experience perhaps more than, than any other time in the year the way in which feast and food fo- is the focus and the full range of the human experience. And in that, he writes, Joy and fellowship, awkwardness and conflict, hope and longing, loneliness and sorrow, fullness and regret, we'll have time to reflect on our complicated relationship with food, the joyful anticipation of food, the miracle of appetites that are never contrary to parent instruction ruined, but always return to draw us again to the table, our delight in eating and in eating with others, the reminder that food is contingent on soil, farmers, the seasons, and the weather, we might experience uh, of regret, guilt over. None of you all be doing this, but he says that some will be. Ex- the ex- we might experience a regret, guilt over how much we have consumed personally. We might feel anger at how. Access to food so evenly distributed around the world. And we might have a sense of alienation as we notice our very modern ignorance of how the food we consumed made its way, its journey to our plates. Interesting, isn't it? Because I, as I have experienced different holidays through the years and gatherings, I have had occasion to experience all of these different emotions that are conjured up. What's the best meal you ever had? The best meal. If you had to narrow it down to one meal, could you come up with the single most or best meal that you've ever had? If you're like me, I'd be kind of hard-pressed to come up with what would be that one best meal that I've ever had in my life? When one would consider it to be, uh, you, you really have to stop and think. What, what are the, what would be, what would you consider to be the major components of making that the best meal? And, and when you stop and think about it, it varies with different people. Some might consider the company. You were with is what made that particular meal, if you came up with it or any of those meals great, it might be that it's the company that you keep. Others might say, No, 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 no. You know what? When I look at a meal, I want to focus on the food. So when I consider what is the best meal I've ever had, it was definitely the food that made the difference for me. Then there might be some who would say, It's not the people. It's not the food, it's the setting or the venue that made it great. Now, I could come up with possibilities for each of these different categories that I would consider what would be the best meal I've ever had. For example, when it comes to company, I will have to say that no doubt in my mind, the best meal that I've ever had... With people, actually a person would have to be with my wife, Lynn, on our very first date. Okay? Now, I I will say this, you know, uh, on my first dates, I really tried to impress those ladies. There were more than one. Okay, so, hasn't been any more than since then, but okay, just... Does anybody remember the restaurant Houston's that was in Nashville for years? it's still in Atlanta you go to it there okay Houston's was absolutely in my opinion the best restaurant in Nashville in its day doesn't exist today but used to be on West End absolutely one of the best meals. and you know what that's where we had our first date I tried my best to impress her with that spent every dime I had on that meal <laughs> she didn't offer to pay for any of it it's still that way because, you know what, that, that first date led to a second date, and now that's led to 40-plus years of marriage. So, yeah, thank you. So, the one meal that's probably had greater impact on my life has been that meal that I had with Lynn. So, that, to me... When it comes to people, that is the very best meal, okay? So, but that's not the only category that I think about, uh, you know. Uh, the kind of meal that would be considered the greatest meal might be uh, the, the different categories that you place it in, okay? Like, for instance... Uh, A few weeks ago I was invited to go to Brush Creek Missionary Baptist Church and at that church it's it's where I was saved where I was baptized and I was invited to come and do revival service with them for one night and you know what they did they had they had a they had a uh, uh, a meal together What, what they call it it was a a potluck dinner that's what it was now I know there are some great cooks in our church okay and I don't want to compare you but I want to tell you and Judy Blankenship will agree with this because she's from that same small town there are some great cooks in Brush Creek Tennessee wonderful cooks and, and I, you know as I was going through the line I tried my best to get three plates to carry up and fill up <laughs> And Lynn kept poking me in the side, saying, no, no, you only have one, okay? And and that's not true, but I did want three plates, you know? And then I wanted three more for dessert. It was so good. That was a great occasion. I mean, that was a wonderful venue there. And I'll go on to say, you know, that uh, in my birthday comes around Danny and Lisa Gordon for several years now have said hey we're going to treat you to a a birthday meal and and it's always to a steak place and and Danny knows how to choose those restaurants and and man I tell you some of the best steaks I've ever had a great great food great setting great company one of those is wonderful so for some it might be meat and threes where you get the best meal Others, it might be a potluck or the best steakhouse. For me, I have a hard time choosing where the best meal is. And then there's the setting. You cannot beat a cruise ship for a setting, right? I mean, come on. Anybody ever been to a midnight buffet on a cruise ship? Yeah? You can't beat it, right? It's a feast. Is the best definition of a feast that they're... Oh, by the way, do you know a lot of the cruise ships are not doing the midnight buffets anymore? They've, they've quit doing it. I guess COVID sort of took care of that, you know? I, I don't know what it is, but it's, today, if it's, if it's kind of all three of those things, food, people, setting, maybe today might be one of the, in, in your list of great meals, possibly. Whatever it is that you have considered to be the greatest meals, these meals, whatever they may be, always seem to conjure up different types of memories, emotions for us. Thinking of these meals brings back memories of people that may not be with us any longer, along with memories that uh, come those emotions of love, present, Past, what we do today, while we have never done it like this before, to my knowledge, we've never had a church uh, worship time around tables like this. But what we do today, it is very appropriate for us to do. If anyone has a problem with food in the church. Then you have a problem with the Bible. Because the Bible begins and ends with meals. Let's just look at a few of them. The first words of God to humans are an invitation to eat, the first conflict in the Bible was over what? A forbidden meal. The Jewish calendar was filled with religious celebrations, many of them involving feasts. There was the feast of Passover, to commemorate God's provision at harvest time, like our Thanksgiving. There's the Feast of Booths to celebrate the Israelites wandering for 40 years in the wilderness and how God provided temporary housing and how they were dependent upon God for everything. There's The the Day of Atonement was the highest holy day to have that once-a-year celebration that offered in the Holy of Holies to take away the sins. And there were many other feasts, perhaps the, the most central feast to the Jewish year was the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It was an eight-day celebration, with one day being a Feast of Passover, and the rest of the days, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. These, these feasts reminded people of God's great hand and His deliverance from them from slavery and in egypt that was old testament what about new the last act of jesus before his death is to share a meeting laden fest with his disciples the final vision of a new world of a massive joyful banquet that all of his family should look forward to no figure in bible is more associated with food than Jesus Christ. He often used meals to engage with people and teach important lessons. Remember his first miracle? It was in response to a catering crisis. Uh, at, At a wedding, when he turned the water into the best wine the guest had ever tasted, he dined with his enemies To his own people who were upset about it because he ate with a tax collector, Levi, that he would later choose as one of his disciples. And then remember there was Zacchaeus as he was walking down the road. He says, hey, come on down out of that tree because today I'm going to your house and we're going to have a meal together. All the invited guests, there was one time that there was a woman who shows up at a dinner party when there was this, and when she did, there was this self righteous host to Simon who was indignant about it, and Jesus rather welcomed her to the table. And then there was a miraculous event that happened where he fed how many? 5,000 people, not including women and children. He ate with good friends. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. After His resurrection, you remember what He did? Cooked a breakfast for His disciples over hot coals. At another post-resurrection incident, His friends, uh, they they only recognized Him as He was breaking bread and He shared with them at the table. Jesus, it seemed, understood the power of in shared meals. And today, we're not just going to have one meal that I'm looking forward to, food in both rooms. We're going to have two meals. I propose to you that as great as our meal together will be, as much as we look forward to the opportunity to consume what you great chefs, local chefs of our church have prepared as wonderful as I know the chicken and dressing from Derrick King is going to be as great as that meal together is going to happen it's not the greatest meal of the day no the best meal the greatest meal that you and I are invited to participate in is the meal that Jesus Christ Himself instituted. On that solemn final evening before His crucifixion, He established His Last Supper with the men that He had walked with. Just before He goes to the cross, Jesus ordains a holy rite for us, His church. To participate in, imagine if you will, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, just hours away from traveling to the cross. Three years into his public ministry, he surrounds himself at the table. I can imagine with his those twelve disciples and other people that were in the room, and more than likely they were laughing and having a good time, enjoying fellowship with each other he's been with them he's trained them he's equipped them he's given them everything of himself that he could possibly give and it would change their lives even to the extent that later through 11 of them they would continue to change the lives of others because of what he taught them and when you stop and think about it the time that Jesus spent in Humanity, it was all planned, including the orchestration of this meal that he has with his disciples. We pick up the account in what happened in Luke's Gospel, chapter 22. When, hour came, when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. In remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Jesus makes it very clear in verse 15 that he's about to suffer. He had told them this on many occasions before, but this time, It was the beginning of what was to come of those sufferings only hours away. Jesus knew what was going to happen to his body in those next few hours. He knew that he was going to be beaten without mercy, stripped down naked, whipped over and over and over again, beaten so badly that people would not even recognize who he was or that he was even human being. And Jesus began to use the bread in the cup to talk about remembering the what events that those are events that would eventually lead him to the cross excruciating detail he picks up some bread and begins to speak about it says it to the point this is my body broken for you and when you break this bread i want you to do something i want you to remember that this was my body that was given for you. Chick picks up the cup of wine, and uses it as an example of being, This is my blood that's poured out, spilled for you. And when you drink this cup, remember this blood that was shed for you. Because this is where forgiveness is going to come from. This is the cup that represents that. So, when you stop and think of all those events, it kind of begs the question, why is the Lord's Supper, Meal, or Communion the better meal of the day, of the lifetime? It's because of the significance of what it is that we're told to remember of that great sacrifice that Jesus made so that we could be what in right relationship with God. And you know what it should do? It should cause us to take pause, to celebrate, to remember. To enjoy the freedom from bondage of sin and life in Christ. So I have just a few thoughts about what this meal really is, about what we should consider it to be. The first one is, it's a commemorative meal. In this world of busyness and complexity and and all the things that we have to do, we're prone to forget what matters most? Our faith is rooted in that saving atonement found in Jesus Christ. And what we do, we do this in remembrance of that. Remembering what matters most, the most precious gift that's ever been given to any one of us. We proclaim, proclaim Christ until He comes we remember what he did and he came and lived and died for our sins that we would be able to in turn live with him forever so the first one is a commemorative meal the second one is this it's a covenant meal this cup is a new covenant in my blood he says luke twenty-two twenty says after supper he took another cup of wine and said This cup is the new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you, the new covenant. It's the promise that God makes with mankind, personalized for us, that He will forgive sin, restore communion with God for all those who believe in Jesus Christ. And then the third thing, it's a a Christ-focused meal. A personal sacrifice that Jesus does. First, when you stop and think, as we'll celebrate in just a matter of days, the fact that he left heaven to come here and become humanity. And then to consider as he grows up and becomes a man the sacrifice that he made. His broken body and his spilled blood. And in that ordination of this meal that he told those disciples to to remember, he said, do this. Do this. It's a command. Do this in remembrance of me. And then the next one is a church community meal. One of the two sacraments observed by our church that gives identity and definition to this new covenant of people, it's to be observed in this type of setting together within the church body who we are. The Bible says, when he blessed the cup at the Lord's table, when we bless it, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? Aren't we, when, when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we will eat from one loaf of bread, showing this, we're one body. So we come to gather as a church to remember... What this church does, what the churches down the street do, what the church of God globally does. It's a family meal with many locations. It's a family of God proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ as as we're part of His family. Unique to the Christian church and should be the highlight of corporate worship for the church. And then here's another one. A continual meal. When you stop and think about it, this is a practice that was established by Jesus Christ and practiced in the very first church. And we've been doing it since. I've never thought about that. But it's been going on for. A couple of thousand years there aren't many ways that we have in common with how they did church years ago in the first church even in the church of hundred years ago or maybe 50 years ago but observing the Last Supper is something that the church has done for generations and will continue to do until Jesus himself comes back. And if they fail to do it, they're not a true church of Jesus Christ. It gives me comfort when I stop and think about, my mind goes back to those times that my family gathered for communion services of the past watching as my dad and my mom would lead our family up. Sometimes when it was just the four boys and then as our family grew and grandkids came along for mom and dad and we would gather on Christmas Eve for that traditional communion service we would have, our family would go up and to watch... Each one of our family members take and participate in that Lord's Supper. And then me, I get to watch as my kids do it. And one day, when I'll watch my grandkids do it, it's a continual communion... That celebrates who Jesus is and what he's done. It gives me great comfort when I stop and think about all oh, the generations that have been doing it since it was established and will continue to do it long after I'm gone. But then, as I stop and kind of remember those things, of knowing that my mom and my dad, my brother, and other family members, and family people from our church who are in heaven today because of the fulfillment of the covenant of Jesus Christ. That gives me comfort. Generations before us and generations after us will continue to observe this remembrance until Jesus returns as we come shortly to this time of the Lord's Supper, we're not just looking back. We're not just thinking about Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. We're looking forward to even a greater meal that would take place, the marriage lamb of the supper. The marriage supper of the lamb, I'll get it. Do you know, won't that be great? And then finally, another one, it's a contemplative meal, an opportunity to contemplate our present relationship in our lives with our Heavenly Father. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven and 28, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily, is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. And He goes on to say, This is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. Paul writes then that if you're going to partake in this meal, you need to do it in a worthy manner. Take some time for self-examination of how you may judge others, or how you may live and love within the family of God with those whom we share this meal with. He says there's a worthy and there's an unworthy way. Before you take communion, think about it. Do a heart check. Are your hearts in the right place? Before you take communion, judge yourself. Examine your relationships with others. It's a serious and sober thing that we're about to do. Oh, there'll be time for joy and happiness and fun and laughter and as we have our other meal, but during this time, we may consider where we are in a relationship with the Lord. And listen to the Holy Spirit, who may say, you need to take care of this. Let me know if there's, lets you know whether there's anything amiss. To say, I, I, I want to get this right, and I'm sorry. Is there anyone that I need to be reconciled with? Anyone I need to offer forgiveness to, as we talked about Last week, is there anything that stands between me and God that interferes with me partaking in a worthy manner? Here's what I know if we're serious about praying a prayer like that, God answers that prayer, He will reveal. And God's grace doesn't just forgive us our, of our sin, which is a wonderful thing. God's grace empowers us to put our sin to death. Jesus so, died so that we'll be set free from sin, that we'll be able to live in a way that we're not caught up in that. And that may mean that we forgive others. That may mean that we forgive ourselves. That may mean that we're able to just do life honoring him and that becomes a glorious and wonderful thing that's what Jesus did today's really about Jesus it's about that love story of the one who laid down his life it's about the one who became our substitute who had a broken body and shed blood and died in our place. He came so that life would be ransomed and redeemed from the slavery of sin because of what Jesus did. That's what this is all about. That's why it's the best meal ever. We're His body, not His broken body. That was exclusively His mission. But we are His body, His body of believers, the church, His church. So I invite you as believers and followers of Jesus Christ to the table of communion that he himself prepared for us. And in just a moment, as we partake in that meal that he invited us to, on your table should be a little cup of juice and a little plate of bread. I invite you to take the little plate of bread and pass it around. and just in the quietness and the stillness of a moment before as we do what he invited us to do I want you to just close off your mind to everything else if you want to close your eyes you may help you to do that then go right ahead but just for a moment ask the Holy Spirit Just speak into your life. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he, after the supper, he took the cup, he said, This is a cup of new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. The truth may be for someone here today, you've been doing life without a relationship with God without a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ, His Son. Here's the truth. God, in His perfect love and mercy 2,000 years ago, became one of us when He sent His Son Jesus, born of a virgin without sin. He lived a perfect life. He paid the price of sin for all of mankind and for you. And there is no other way to pay for the price of sin. Nothing you can do but ever pay that debt. Only Jesus could make it available for you to have your sin debt paid. The Bible says in Acts 4 12, there is, no, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven. By which we must be saved. It was through Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're in need of this. Simply do this. The Bible says in Romans 10:9, "If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Can't be any simpler. Or plainer than that right there. Maybe today you need to call upon Him for the very first time for salvation. In just a moment, our worship team is going to come. While I know it's difficult for us to move about, and I'm not going to encourage you to do that, but what I am going to encourage you to do is while they are coming for our, our time of invitation, I want you to consider your relationship of where you are. And then I'm going to ask you to, at some point in time, I'm going to be around for a while, or one of our pastors, catch one of us and say, Hey, I would like more information about that. I would like for you to, to, to I would like for you just to talk to me more. And we'd be more than happy to share. Wow, next Sunday morning, there are three children are going to be baptized because they simply understood the gift of salvation. It's that easy. So catch one of us. But maybe also during this time of invitation, as the worship team comes, maybe during this time you have other things you need to consider about what you've just done. It's a great hymn of faith that we're going to sing together. I encourage you during this time to really allow the music, the words the Spirit to speak to you as we are obedient to what Jesus calls us to do. Would you please stand? We're so grateful, so grateful that we were invited to the table, the table of grace, made possible by your sacrifice, by your blood and body being broken. That today. for generations to come until you choose to come back we are set free from our sins because of that grace father as we leave this place in a little while may we just live this week just in awe of that grace And while we may not be together as a church family to participate in what we've done this morning through communion, but we can just have that time with you to be grateful, to be thankful for that grace. To remember those of our loved ones possibly who who have gone before us that are today enjoying what that grace brought about. And I pray a smile would just come across our faces. A smile of joy to know what you've done. And it would motivate us to care enough about others that we would want them to have that grace as well. Marvelous grace. God's grace. Greater than all of our sin. Oh, we're grateful for it, and all the church said, "Amen." You may be seated, please.
0: Amen. And what a great day to be in the Lord's house. Uh, we've got a great afternoon of fellowship. Uh, we've got some great food. I've I've seen some wonderful things come through there. I I feel like I've gained like a pound and a half just watching food pass by to the classroom. Eric's going to come and uh, share just a couple of quick announcements with us. Um, I do want to say, hey, thank you all so much for all of your prayers and support. Um, our student ministry fall retreat was this past weekend. Uh, two young men gave their life to Jesus this past weekend. Amen. And we'll be talking more about that uh, during some baptism service uh, that's coming up. Those are over and above in addition to the three that will be baptized next week so uh, we're, we're talking with their parents trying to schedule times so that their families can come and celebrate with them so eric come on up and talk to us
3: yes sir um speaking of baptisms as well just as pastor steve has mentioned pastor kelly if that's uh, something that you're still wanting to have like conversation about please entertain that with one of us we would love to Uh, talk to you more about just following the Lord and believers baptism. What a special place of just walking with Christ in obedience and uh, it's so simple for us to just be able to fill up that tub and celebrate as a church and just be able to see that God's hand is moving upon people all the time and so we're grateful for that. So a couple things. Number one, we've kind of taken a turn, right? Haven't we in our fall weather and everything? Beautiful day today. It's been a beautiful weekend so far and it's going to be coming now into our holiday season which we're excited about. I know that we've got lots of things going on in your homes where you making transition the one thing that you're going to see now is a sermon series that we call the Christmas dilemma and a dilemma is something that really is kind of like a crossroads right like you come to this maybe a rock and a hard place sometimes and we've come to those as people in our lives all the time well there's five characters in the narrative of the Christmas story that also had dilemmas And we want to just kind of put those before you in a creative way and then allow then a sermon to be able to address that for us and what those dilemmas that might be ours too have the Bible answer. And so we would hope that as a church, if you've got some friends that want to be checking out the claims of Christianity, kind of like this whole Christmas narrative, though it might be very familiar, make it really personal for them by inviting them to come to these, these series. Uh, it starts on the 26th of this month, and it'll run for five weeks up into Christmas Eve, and it's just going to be a great time. We'll have these little flyers that'll be out on the Connect table by next Sunday that you can each, uh, take and just give to some family and friends to invite them as your guests to the Christmas Dilemma Sundays. So that's that. And then we also have the um, the Operation Christmas Child boxes. They're due to be collected next week and so we want to make sure that you have still a whole week to get some i don't know if we have any more in the lobby i heard somebody talking about maybe grabbing the last few but we we have a few more left and you can put those together then bring those back next week and then we'll take care of those and get those to a distribution center and uh, that'll be a wonderful celebration for us as we just continue to see god's hand go out that way danny Oh, absolutely. What a great time for you as a guy who's maybe just checking out community with us. And you're like, hey, what's what's Sunset Hills like? What are the dudes like? And what a great time to come on a uh, Saturday, um, every first Saturday, no, second Saturday of every month, which ours is coming up. We do a breakfast time. We usually have somebody share from our group a devotion. And then we talk some shop and we just hang out and just get to know each other and have a good relationship. It's all right here on campus, so come. It's at 7.59, so kind of an odd time for you to remember, but we hope that you'll be here this Saturday to be able to share that time with us. So that's it. I know that there's um, going to be instruction for other things. Another
1: great meal on Saturday. Another one. Another yeah. one. <laughs> it, it is Veterans Day, Steve, so I any your... of Veterans, yes. Yeah, thank you. All right.
0: Um, I was just going to say, we're... Um, as much as i uh, you know eric can be long-winded sometimes we all know that <laughs> i was needing a couple of extra minutes so thank you for that eric i appreciate that it, that was the perfect spot for you um we are um our our chicken and dressing coming from dairy king is arriving here in just about three more minutes so they're in route two um so uh, we we need just a couple of minutes and we need to uncover some things so there just needs to be a little bit of a flip of time. There are drinks outside. I'll let you know. There's sweet teas, unsweet teas, waters. We have some special box drinks for our kids. And there's some pink lemonade. All that's outside. On this side, you probably already know, it's all the sweet things. If you have a sweet tooth, desserts are all here. And then all of our uh, main dishes and our si- sides are going to be on this side. So, It's a great opportunity for me to sing. There you go. There you go. Or you can be vegetarian. And we can...
1: I guess they had to go kill the chicken this morning. I
0: don't
1: know. know. Um, Actually, so we can give kind of instructions. Let me tell you kind of back on the back end, um, one of the things that this is uh, affording us to do is, because we've kind of reset the sanctuary and we're going to tear it down shortly, is we're going to have the carpets cleaned tomorrow, okay? So... We, don't, we would like for some people to stick around long enough that we break everything down and stack chairs and move them out to the um, lobby out there and uh, tables that can go on. There's a trailer. All the tables that are wooden go on a trailer that's parked right at the back door, and we would like for some help to do that so we can vacate everything that's carpeted in this area of the building after we finish so that they can come in tomorrow and clean up so if you could some of you all could stick around long enough we don't want to rush you i mean like say you got 15 minutes to eat and out of here kind of deal we want you to hang around and fellowship and and have a good time enjoying each other uh uh, this morning but we also would like just some help to to accomplish that before we leave there's no titans game today You know uh, LSU came close yesterday man I thought they were going to pull it out and beat Alabama Tennessee like I played a high school game yesterday I don't know anyway so here's how on this side over here in this room are will be uh, all the uh, meats and vegetables and the things that that are not sweet I guess And on that side are all the sweets. And the drinks are in the lobby out there. So what we're going to do is ask you to do is just kind of make your way, kind of making a line this way around the sanctuary. Go in the first door there, get your plate, get your food, come out the second door, and then come back to a table. And then you can get your desserts as you would like to. And then you can go get your drinks as well. Okay? I think there's um, some drinks available for kids And that sort of thing, yeah? Uh, That would be good, yeah, yeah. So those that are, and we're just going to kind of wait until then. So you just kind of enjoy the conversation. Uh, Hi, good morning, this is Kelly. I want to take a moment
0: to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what, we would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.